So let's take our Bibles out and turn to Joshua chapter number 9 tonight. Book of Joshua chapter number 9. We saw last time that the people of Israel had just defeated the city of Ai. Now we see they're preparing to march deeper into Canaan as they were claiming the promised land that the Lord had given them. So with Jericho and Ai behind them, they had a couple of victories under their belts. That's a, that's a good feeling. Uh, you know, some, it's always good to have victories rather than defeats. <clears throat> but they had to learn a difficult lesson before they were allowed to defeat Ai. And we're going to see there were more lessons for them to learn as they moved forward to possess the land that God had promised them. And that's the way it is with the Christian life a lot of times as well. We seem to have to learn some lessons the hard way at times. Any of you been to the school of hard knocks? Yeah, we all have at times, haven't we? And we don't. Sometimes we don't learn the lesson the first time. We're going to see a little bit of that tonight too. We're going to see there were more lessons for them to learn as they move forward to possess the land. And um, Seems like right after we learn one lesson, there's always seems to be another lesson that we have to learn as we continue to grow in our walk with the Lord. We're gonna we learn lessons all along the way. We never arrive until we're home with the Lord, and so um, you know it's easy for us to get frustrated sometimes. I get frustrated when I don't learn the lesson the first time. You know, and you want to hit yourself in the head and say, "Dummy, you know, <laughs> why didn't you learn the first time?" But sometimes we have to go, go through things uh, a couple of times before we get the hint. Now the Bible tells us in 1 Peter 5.8 that our adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. He's a very effective adversary or enemy. And, and Paul warned that we must put on the whole armor of God to be able to stand against his wiles. And Peter told us to resist him steadfast in the faith. So this, this lesson that we're learning tonight, the children of Israel had to learn to deal with the wiles of the enemy. And we're going to see how this story uh, is one that we need to take heed to as well with our enemy, the devil, and those that walk with him. Because he does use people. Okay, He uses people in, uh, to, to come against us. Now, uh, as we... Uh, see, there is danger of falling for the wiles of the enemy. So let's learn the lesson that Israel had to learn. Let's go ahead and read the first 13 verses, and we'll come back and, and take a look at some things here. Joshua 9, verse number 1, It came to pass when all the kings which were on this side Jordan, in the hills and in the valleys, and in all the coasts of the great sea over against Lebanon, the Hittite, and the Amorite, and the Canaanite, and the Perizzite, and the Hivite, and the Jebusite heard thereof that they gathered themselves together to fight with Joshua and with Israel with one accord. And when the inhabitants of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done unto Jericho and to Ai, they did work wilily. <laughs> They're talking about wiles of the devil, the wiles of the enemy. Well, they did work wilyly and went and made as if they had been ambassadors and took old sacks upon their asses and wine bottles, old and rent and bound up, and old shoes and clouded upon their feet and old garments upon them 
and all the bread of their provision was dry and moldy. And they went to Joshua and to the camp of Gilgal and said unto him and to the men of Israel, We be come from a far country. Now therefore make ye a league with us. And the men of Israel said unto the, the Hivites, Peradventure ye dwell among us, and how shall we make a league with you? And they said unto Joshua, We are thy servants. And Joshua said unto them, Who are ye, and from whence come ye? And they said unto him, From a very far country thy servants are come, because of the name of the Lord thy God. For we have heard the fame of him, and all that he did in Egypt, and all that he did to the two kings of the Amorites that were beyond Jordan, to Sihon king of Heshbon, and to Og king of Bashan, which was at Astaroth. Wherefore our leaders and all the inhabitants of our country spake to us, saying, Take victuals with you for the journey, and go to meet them, and say unto them, We are your servants, Therefore now make ye a league with us. This is our bread. We took hot for our provision out of our houses on the day we came forth to go unto you. But now, behold, it is dry and it is moldy. And these bottles of wine which were filled were new. And behold, they be rent, and these our garments and our shoes were are become old by reason of the very long journey we'll leave off reading there so you know we need to know that our enemy can deceive us we see the israel's enemy here they didn't know they were enemy but they were deceived them when all the kings of canaan heard what had happened to ai and to jericho they joined forces to seek to defeat israel there according to verse number one and verse number two that we read the kings of the Hittites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites were sworn enemies of each other. They were fighting amongst themselves. But they joined together and formed an alliance to fight together against the Israelites. Isn't it amazing how the devil's crowd would join up to fight God's people? That's how the enemy works. And we need to realize that. Israel's enemy used deceptive wiles uh, we see there where we read in verses 3 through 5, when the Gibeonites heard that the Israelites were headed in their direction, they devised a scheme to trick Israel into making a peace treaty with them. They dressed in old clothes, carried old bread and wine, and pretended they were from far away. They did everything in their power to trick Israel, and it worked. You know, our enemy also uses deceptive wiles. Ephesians 6 verse 11 warns us to put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That word wiles refers to deceit, trickery, or cunning arts. And we can trace Satan's wiles all the way back to the Garden of Eden. You can go all the way back there as he engaged Eve in conversation at the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Remember how Satan got her to question the commandment of God? Yea, hath God said? You know? and, uh, and he questioned what would happen to her if she ate of the tree. That you shall not surely die. What did God say? God said, you shall surely die. Don't eat of it, you, you'll surely die. Uh, so through his subtleties, he caused her to focus on the tree instead of on the Lord. 
Remember what she told the Lord when he questioned her about what she had done? Genesis 3 and verse 13 says, this, she said that the serpent beguiled me. That word beguiled. The serpent beguiled me and I did eat. That word beguiled means to lead astray. It means to mentally to delude. Satan likes nothing better than to trip us up and cause us to fall into one of his traps. The Apostle Paul and giving Timothy the qualifications for a bishop, elder, uh, pastor, all same office, uh, said in 1 Timothy 3, 7, said, Moreover, he must have a good report of them which are without, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. Snare of the devil. The word snare refers to a trap set by a hunter in order that he might capture his prey. When we were kids growing up, we... We put a box uh, with a stick on it, you know, propped up like that, put a little bread up underneath there. Birds would come up underneath and we'd yank that stick out and catch the bird just because we could. I mean, uh, but that's what it refers to, a snare, a trap set. So Satan loves to use deceptive wiles against us just like the people of Gibeon did against Israel. Now I want you to note the deceptive tactics there that we read verses 3 through 6. The Gibeonites had taken every step possible to deceive Israel. It kind of appears that they put quite a lot of thought into it and planning and tried to make things appear uh, as though they weren't. And uh, they carried old sacks on their donkeys, broken and bound up wineskins, patched shoes, chabby clothing, and even some moldy bread. You know, we need to recognize that things are not always as they may appear. And they weren't from a far country. They may have made themselves look like that, but uh, things are not always as they appear. Look at the holy place there. Let's turn to second. Second Corinthians chapter number 11. When Satan comes against us, it usually isn't openly either. It's uh, with tools of deception. And we can note what the Apostle Paul warns us about in 2 Corinthians 11, verse number 13 through 15. 2 Corinthians 11, verse number 13. It says, For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ, and no marvel... For Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Get that. He's transformed into an angel of light. Therefore it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose ends shall be according to their works. So, uh, you know, be careful about how things appear. Uh, we note the deceptive words that they used. You know... Um, in verses 6 through 13 that we read there, we see that these men from Gibeon really outright lied to the Israelites. I mean, just flat out lied. They claimed to be something they were not. They didn't mention anything that had happened since Israel had crossed Jordan. Did you notice that? They talked about the things that happened before they got to the Jordan. And so they gave the impression that they indeed had been traveling for quite some time. Um... Again, this is a picture of our enemy, the devil. Look at uh, John chapter number 8. 
Gospel of John, chapter number 8. John, chapter number 8, and I want you to note verse number 44. It's a pretty long verse. The reason why I had you turn to it. John 8, verse 44 says, Ye are of your Father, this is Jesus speaking, to a group that... Uh, had a problem with him. <laughs> so you're of your father the devil and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. Notice, for he is a liar and the father of it. So uh, they, they lied uh, and you know he will use Satan will use slick lies and enticing speech to get us to yield to his plans for our life, or he'll use people telling lies. In fact, uh, the book of Colossians, chapter 2, verse number 8, Paul warns us, in Colossians 2, 8, says, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tra tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. You know, Satan... And those that are his will give us every reason in the world to justify in our minds the things that he wants us to do. We're not to just justify, though. Uh, he, he, Satan uh, deceives us into thinking someone doesn't deserve our forgiveness so that he can get us to hold bitterness and unforgiveness in our hearts toward them. You ever been tempted that way? You know, you just kind of justify, well, you know... Uh, they, they, they weren't doing right and they, they deserve whatever coming their way. And so you hold a whole bitterness. Hebrews 12 verse 14 to 15 tells us follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Looking diligently, listen, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring up trouble you and thereby many be defiled. You know, it takes a lot of grace to forgive people. It does. It takes the grace of God. Aren't you glad that the grace of God brought forgiveness of your sins in your life? Well, we're to be Christ-like, God-like in our forgiveness of others, aren't we? 2 Corinthians 2, verse 10 and 11 says, Paul said, To whom ye forgive anything, I forgive also. For if I forgave anything to whom I forgave it, for your sakes I forgive it, Forgive I it in the person of Christ, lest Satan should get it an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. So he talks about the devices of, of Satan with regard to the matter of, of holding unforgiveness there. So we need to know that our enemy can deceive us. Second thing we need to know, we need to know that our enemy can divert us. Can divert us. Let's take a look at verses 14 through 21 here. In Joshua 9, verse 14, And the men took of the, their victuals and asked not counsel at the mouth of the Lord. Not wise, was it? And Joshua made peace with them and made a league with them to let them live. And the princes of the congregation swear unto them. And it came to pass at the end of three days after they had made a league with them that they heard that they were their neighbors and that they dwelt among them. And the children of Israel journeyed and came unto their cities on the third day. Now their cities were Gibeon and Shephira 
and Beeroth and Kerjathajurium. And the children of Israel smote them not, because the princes of the congregation had sworn unto them by the Lord God of Israel. And all the congregation murmured against the princes. And you might think, rightfully so, right? I mean, that wasn't a very wise thing to do. Verse 19, But all the princes said unto all the congregation, We have sworn unto them by the Lord God of Israel. Now therefore we may not touch them. This we will do to them. We will even let them live, lest the wrath be upon us because of the oath which we swear unto them. And the princes said unto them, Let them live, but let them be hewers of wood and drawers of water unto all the congregation as the princes had promised them. Um, and really they ju- judged them here based upon their own words. The Gibeonites said, we- we'll be your, we're, we're your servants. So they made servants out of them. Uh, we need to know that our enemy can divert us though here. We see Joshua and Israel were diverted away from being obedient to God's command. But it didn't have to be that way. Verse 7, Joshua initially was rightfully a little skeptical of these so-called ambassadors. And then he questioned them about their origin there in verse number 8. And one might even commend Joshua for his caution except for the fact that he gave up that caution just a little bit too soon. Uh, He allowed himself to get diverted from his caution by their deception. He bought their deception. When the Gibeonites showed him their clothes, their food, and their broken wineskins, Joshua dropped his caution and believed their story. Why should Joshua and elders have done that they did not do here? Well, this is one of those lessons that they apparently did not learn after their failure at AI. Remember, we talked about it when, it, when they were going against AI. They did not ask the Lord what they should do, how they should go. Didn't pray at all. They didn't take, they didn't take this matter to the Lord either. Not very wise, uh, since how this is the area where they messed up one time before. You think that praying and seeking counsel of the Lord might have helped them here? Very much so. Uh, do we get in trouble when we don't pray and seek, seek the counsel of God's Word? Oh yeah, we do. We do. Um, they didn't seek the Lord, and as a result, they stepped out of the will of God, and they suffered the consequences. Joshua and Israel were diverted from God's counsel. God had told them to utterly destroy the inhabitants and to make no covenants with them. He told them that this way back at Deut- in Deuteronomy 7, verse 2. So when the Lord thy God shall deliver them before thee, thou shalt smite them and utterly destroy them. Thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor show uh, mercy unto them. But Israel disobeyed his command, and as a result, they sinned before the Lord. How many times has this been true in our lives? When we don't take time to pray or consider the Word of God, we too jump headlong into things and don't realize that we've made a mistake until it's too late and we pay the price thereof. So when our, when our spiritual vision gets dim through neglect of the Word of God in prayer, realize we too become very susceptible to the tricks and traps and diversions of the enemy. The only way that we can see 
things clearly when Satan is trying to muddy the waters so that we can't see is through prayer and the Word of God. I mean, we need to go to the Lord. Matthew 7, verse 7 and 8 says, Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth. He that seeketh findeth. And him that knocketh it shall be opened. We've got to make sure we knock it. Amen. Asking and knocking. And uh, Psalm 119 verse 105 talks about the Word of God. Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It shows us where to walk. Amen. God will lead us in our decisions when we seek His will through His Word and in prayer. But God's not going to force us to seek His counsel. He's not going to twist our arm to do that. We need to, we need to do that on our own. Now, down to verse number 22 through the rest of the chapter here. We see here that when we mess up, we sometimes have to live with severe consequences of what we've done. Look at verse 22. Joshua called for them, and he spake unto them, saying, Wherefore have ye beguiled us, saying, We are very far from you when you dwell among us. Now therefore ye are cursed, and there shall none of you be freed from being bondmen and hewers of wood and drawers of water for the house of my God. And they answered Joshua and said, Because it was certainly told thy servants how that the Lord thy God commanded his servant Moses to give you all the land and to destroy all the inhabitants of the land from before you. Therefore we were sore afraid of our lives because of you and have done this thing. Isn't that something? These ungodly Hittites, this knew the Word of God better than, than, than God's own people. They knew that they should have been destroyed. Um, they, they knew that they were going to have to do, deceive if they were going to live. And look at verse 25. And now behold, we are in thine hand, as it seemeth good and right unto thee to do unto us to do. And so did he unto them, and delivered them out of the hand of the children of Israel, that... They slew them not. And Joshua made them that day hewers of wood and drawers of water for the congregation and for the altar, even unto this day and the place which he should choose. And of course, that's when it was being, when the book of Joshua was being penned, it was still that way. But when Joshua found out here what the Gibeonites had done, we see he rebuked them and confronted them about their deception. There's no question that Joshua and Israel made a mistake when they dealt with the Gibeonites. They were consequences, though, for having made a league with them. Uh, Joshua realized the seriousness of what they had done, and he immediately took steps to try to minimize the damage. They couldn't kill them because they had given them their word, but they could control the situation as best they could, so they made them their servants. He, he basically judged them according to their own word. They said, we'll be, we'll, we're your servants. And listen, you know, there, there are going to be times when we will step out of the Lord's will and we're going to commit sin. But thankfully, God has a way for us to deal with sin through confession, repentance, and forgiveness. Amen. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But even we must face the fact that our sins can sometimes bring forth some consequences that we have to live with that we'd rather not have. You can choose to sin, 
But what, you, what can't you choose? You can't choose what the consequences are. I, I keep repeating that over and over. You know why? Because we forget about it. We forget. and we, we choose to do wrong, but we can't choose what the results are going to be when we do wrong. We can and should get right with the Lord and get back to serving Him faithfully. Um, we must learn from our sins and our failures so that we don't fall into those same traps again. Amen. Well, that's our Bible study for this evening. Uh, we will come back next uh, week, Lord willing, and uh, take a look at chapter number 10. And chapter number 10, uh, all the nations, <laughs> all the other nations that didn't, uh, uh, didn't do what the Gibeonites did, they didn't like what the Gibeonites did. You know, they made a league, and the rest of them are, are uh, uh, going to be destroyed, and they realize that. So what they said, we're going to go against the Gibeonites. And we'll see Joshua and the children of Israel actually go to battle. The Lord is the one that went to battle, though, for them. And we'll see victory with God in chapter number 10. All right. Uh, let's pull out our prayer list tonight. And we'll uh, pray for the needs that are on there. And we'll be dismissed with this prayer. Appreciate you coming out to the Bible today this evening.